things are happening in this world of ours. Just amazing stuff is going on, you know. Um, before I go on, I just, just want to take a little step aside and explain to you something about Hebrew logic because it's kind of slightly different to ours. <laughs> um, so, here in the West, we've got a, a, a mindset that's very influenced by the Greek thought. Okay? And um, it's, it's basically called step logic. And it's go from one step to another step to another step in order to prove a point and arrive at a conclusion. Hebrew logic is nothing like that. They don't do that sort of thing. Hebrew logic is called block logic. Okay? Um, block logic is, is basically where you take thoughts and you take that block of thought and put it alongside another block, block of thought. They can be completely different but they can complement each other in some ways but it can but, but both thoughts even though they might seem opposite to each other are actually valid which is unusual because we don't think like that do we and it's where you get something like for example whoa, this thing about being chosen before the foundation of the world but also we've got free will how does that work in block logic, it's fine because the Hebrew mind doesn't question that. One aspect could be from God's viewpoint, the other aspect could be from the human viewpoint, quite possibly. But they don't question it, they don't use the logic that, that we use. So when God speaks to us sometimes, you know, He doesn't use our thought processes generally, although. Obviously, he likes to speak, speak to us in a way that we can understand, but sometimes it can be a little different. Um, <coughs> we do have a tendency, don't we, to try and impose a more rational approach to the Bible. But uh, the Bible tends to reject any of these carefully worked out charts that, that, that we, we produce every now and again. You can't put God in a box. We have to learn from this and not be so dogmatic in our approaches. The Semites of the Bible did not simply think truth, they actually experienced it. And it was all about experiencing, not about trying to think about it in your mind, it was experiencing it, and that's what they did. They wanted to experience things, and we want to experience things, because we've got the Holy Spirit, we want to experience Him, we experience all that stuff that He wants to bring to us. We've when we kind of look around us at all the stuff that's happening at the minute, it's quite confusing, isn't it, at times? Um, something else that actually about Hebrew thought, that in Hebrew thought, everything is spiritual. Everything. doesn't matter what it is. It's all spiritual. Okay. So there's a, there's a background of spiritual to everything that happens. So when you see things happening in the world around you, don't look at the natural. Look at what's behind it. Look at the spiritual. Um, there's, there's all this stuff happening in America and all this hoo-ha about Donald Trump and what he's doing and what he's saying and people are getting very het up and very angry and protesting here and protesting there and 
it's all it's everywhere really i mean even in in this country with all the goings on about brexit and uh, and there's all, all the um people objecting to it still and trying to overturn it and all that kind of thing going on everywhere and there's so much contention and so much division everywhere i wonder why maybe it's because the enemy is getting so stirred up that he's losing ground and he does not like it one bit a lot of these protests that we see around us are actually left-wing protests the, the left wing is getting very stirred up in our world at the minute because a lot of the stuff the enemy is really losing ground and we need to tune in to what God's actually doing I was um, listening a little while back uh, a few weeks ago in our house group we, we, we have these tapes that um, Bill Johnson does on the supernatural power of the transformed mind and uh, they're brilliant actually because they, they, they're little nuggets that come from them and um, really good and one of them he was talking about Jacob's ladder which is recorded in Genesis 28 and as you remember probably it's, it's all about how Jacob went to sleep and dreamed this dream and he saw angels on this ladder up to heaven descending and ascending and he said what did he say he said uh, this is the very house of God and the gate of heaven <laughs> and he called it Bethel Bethel when actually in Hebrew it's Bet-El Bet-El means house of God Bet is house El is God house of God the church is the gate of heaven. Now, I'd, before you said this, I hadn't really linked it before, but it's just quite a little insight. The church is the gate of heaven, and we are the house of God. We're a gateway people. Actually, we reside in that gateway. That's where we are. Spiritually, that's where we are. We're in that gateway. And our goal is to agree with heaven all the time and let our minds be that gate of, of heaven. We want to see those angels ascending and descending. They're on assignment, actually. That's what they're doing. They're going up when they've completed an assignment and they're coming down when they've got a new assignment. And that's what, that's what they're doing. Um, so our goal is to agree with what they're doing. Our minds be the gate of heaven where the angels ascend and descend. And our task, partly, is to... Let me just read this, because Matthew 16 and verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Got the keys. And whatever you bind on earth, this is our, this is my version. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Actually, it's not a very good translation, really. A far better translation is that 
whatever you forbid on earth has already been forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth has already been permitted in heaven in other words you bind or you forbid what has been forbidden in heaven and you bring it down here and you forbid it on earth whatever you whatever is loosed in heaven you bring that down and you loose it here so when you bind something then you need to loose something in its place and we forget that that's what we need to do so if we want to bind sickness because that doesn't belong to us it doesn't belong to us it's illegal actually really <laughs> if we want to bind sickness then we need to loose something in its place so it's no good binding something and just leaving it we've got to loose something from heaven in its place okay Bill Johnson said this he said some of our ladders have not been used in quite a long time and there are no angels <laughs> coming or going because we haven't stepped into the area of the supernatural that's our problem to be the house of God we must bustle and brim with life, joy, healing and peace that is normal in heaven can I read that again some of our ladders have not been used in quite a long time that's quite true isn't it actually <laughs> there are no angels coming or going because we haven't stepped into the area of the supernatural and that's our problem to be the house of God we must bustle and brim with life, joy, healing and peace that's normal in heaven and part of the problem is that sometimes we go towards something and we hit a barrier and we stop and instead of doing what we should do and press on, press into that we give up and resort back to our comfort zones how many times have we resorted back to our comfort zones because it's easier instead of pressing in and pressing through and right now we're in that season where God wants us to press through and that's not easy sometimes because it is a bit out of our comfort zone in trying to press through it's not, we like to be in our comfort zone don't we so many times we do so as we look around us and see what, what's going on what we need to do we need discernment to understand what God is doing and I think in this time that we're in now we need more discernment than ever because there is so much stuff going on around us we really need to know what God's saying and what he's doing in Revelation 3.20 it says behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door I will come into him and dine with him and he with me this verse is often used by evangelists that, uh, to reach out to the unsaved but actually the verse was not intended to be used like that it's written to us as the body behold I stand at the door and knock and so often in our walk we leave the Holy Spirit sort of stuck on our, in our doorway and don't let him in he wants to come in 
He wants to come in a lot further than he's been before. And I think in this day that we're in now, we desperately need him in as much as possible. And we desperately need to hear his voice as much as possible. We really do. Because if we don't, we're going to flounder. And with all the stuff that, that's going on, we so need him. We really, really, really need him too. God speaks in different ways, isn't he? And um, as Steve Schultz once had said, sometimes he speaks like thunder, and other times it's like a still, small voice. In a vision or simple impression or in a dream, he just waits to be invited into your mind, your thoughts, your heart and your life. We need to invite him in. Don't leave him at the door. Invite him in. Isaiah 30 verse 21 says whether you turn to the right or the left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way and it gives us that place of peace in um, Exodus 19 uh, it talks about Moses going up to God I'm just going to read these because they're fascinating scriptures aren't they um, they're just examples of whoops, examples of God breaking in. Yeah. Whoa. Exodus 19 and verse 15. He said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and the sound of the trumpet was very loud. Hello. We've heard that. We've heard that tonight. And I would think it's not that much different to what Moses heard and people heard on the mountain. The sound of the shofar blowing a thick cloud on the mountain the sound of the trumpet was very loud so all the people who were in the camp trembled and it does make you tremble actually and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain and Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire His, its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace and the whole mountain quaked greatly that's one kind of manifestation of God's presence it must be pretty powerful it must be pretty scary actually for most of the people when you think about it the fire and the thunder and the lightning and the sound of the trumpet blowing it must have been pretty scary for them because they'd probably never experienced it like, like that before but Moses went up that must have been an incredible time for Moses to do that And then we, we read in Exodus 33, again about Moses going into the tent of meeting, which was a t totally different manifestation of God's presence. Let's get the right verse. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, 
you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said to me, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And we've had these verses before, haven't we? Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? And we're on this journey. And unless God goes with us, we've got nowhere to go. We can struggle, we can try and do it in the flesh, but it won't work. We're on this journey now. And it's a journey of faith. And it's quite an incredible journey that he's calling us to. Um, in 1 Kings 19, we read about Elijah and Mount Horeb and his experience of God speaking through that still, small voice. And uh, we need to get to know this still, small voice. We need to get to know it so incredibly well that whenever we're going about things in our lives, he can just speak to us and we can hear him. I, um, years ago, um, during the old Toronto days, uh, back in the 90s, they were quite interesting days, the days that those were, and people used to get upset about all sorts of things in those days, um, all the manifestations and everything, but it was an incredible time that God was moving in, and it was a time where he really needed to learn to hear what God was saying and um, it was a very interesting time and uh, we used to spend a lot of time just soaking in his presence and that was so important because the more you soaked in his presence the more you got to know what his presence was like and it kind of spurred you on to to hear hear his voice and uh, it was quite a journey actually um, just learning in the time to hear his voice and to allow him to manifest his presence and of course in those days we used to have lots of meetings and, and uh, lots of times where we <laughs> used to soak because we had all these meetings to do and a lot of soaking went on and you just got more and more and more and more into the presence of God and it was really superb, it was really quite a privilege to do that and um, I used to, I used to in those days, I, um, if I heard the voice of God, there was usually some kind of manifestation with it. And I guess I was going through this training period, if, if you like, and it, it was like, I suppose it, it, it was a bit like there was shake. You used to, I used to shake inside because the power of His presence was so strong. He's <laughs> here. The power of his presence was so strong that it used to be quite all-consuming, you know. And it was like your insides would feel like they were shaking. But when you, when you experienced that, you knew he was going to speak to you quite strongly sometimes. Um, and he did. 
and that's how I used to hear his book. That's how I used to listen because I used to get these feelings <laughs> inside and I knew he was going to speak. And that went on for some time and then eventually it changed because I, I guess after a while you grow up and, and you don't rely on just feelings. Um, and I guess now I've kind of come into a place where I don't get those feelings any anymore but I am just as aware of his presence. I mean sometimes I do, sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed by his presence. <laughs> but when he speaks it's not like that anymore, he just speaks. And you know when he does that you just know it's him. Because something inside you just grabs hold of it and you know that it's him. I mean uh, one little example was a short while ago I know Phil was talking about giants in the land and just as he said giants in the land suddenly into my head came you are about to enter the land now I, knew, I, I just knew that was God I mean it was t totally different to anything that I'd been thinking about I hadn't even been thinking about entering the land but suddenly it's like he spoke that, that little phrase into my head you're about to enter the land and because it was so different to what I've been thinking about I knew it was him and, and you get that sense inside you anyway that you know it's him because he does leave a little bit of his presence when he speaks and uh, it's been a journey but it's been a very interesting journey and one of the things that I, I know we're from where we are right now that we need to do as a body, I mean all of us need to do, is to hear his voice. Because it is so important, not as in, just as for you as an individual, but for us as a body, as, as a family, because your input to the leadership in the church or anybody else in the church is vital because we need to be together on it. And we all need to hear his voice. But it's not just hearing, because in the Hebrew, to hear is not just to listen to something. It's to hear it and do it. You can't hear it without doing it. So whatever he says to you to do, we do it. And sometimes it'll take you out of your comfort zone. Karen went a bit out of her comfort zone tonight, bless her. And that was good. I think it's the night for going out of your comfort zone. I think I'm going to do that a little bit later, go out of my comfort zone too. <laughs> so what's God really saying to us? He, he's, he's basically been talking to us a lot actually about faith because it's the journey that we're on. We're on a journey of faith. Faith is just trusting God, trusting what he says, doing what he says, and leaving the, everything up to him. Because I can't do it. But he can. I mean, you've got this building project down the road that's going to cost five, six million pounds. I mean, we haven't got anything, anything like that, have we? We can't do it. There's no way we can do this building. There's no way we can... I mean, it's not, it's not, as Phil keeps saying, it's not about the building, really. It's about what God's actually calling us to do. 
like, for example, this KLS school of ministry that he's wanting us to set up. It's because he wants us to be a part of what he's doing in this nation. And to my mind, he has separated this nation out for a purpose. Because he not only wants to bring revival to this nation, but he wants to use this nation again like he has done in the past. You know, a few generations ago, this nation was mightily used by God. Think of all the missionaries that went out from this nation everywhere. China, Africa, you name it. We were a mission-inspired nation and we spread the name of Jesus everywhere. Okay, in the old empire days, we did some bad things too, but we were a nation basically that sent out missionaries around the world and it's through missionaries that we sent out, for example, to China, that China is now, I mean, there are just millions and millions and millions of Christians in China, probably the biggest church in the world is in China. But God can do it again. And I'm, I was thinking the other day of, of that um, prophecy that Jean Donnell gave, because last year in 2016 it came to me that Jean Donnell's prophecy was exactly 49 years old last year. 49 is 7 times 7. 7 times 7 is a Hebraic biblical number that means completion. So 7 times 7 is an extraordinary completion. Now I, I believe that something started last year. Part of it, because you kind of, you see these things happening and we had the vote last year to leave the EU. Now, whatever you think about that, that's up to you. But I know that God is separating us out for this purpose. That he wants us, again, to be that nation under God, to do what he wants us to do. And that's so important that we recognise that. And it's important that, that we are a part of that. And he wants us to be a part of that move. And you... You know, since since then, since last year, you occasionally you hear about things that are happening in this nation, and it's some extraordinary things happening. Actually, like for example, there are hundreds of people being saved on the streets of Birmingham because the church is reaching out and doing stuff, and people are being saved. And it's not only happening in this nation; it's happening in other places too. It's actually amazingly, it's happening in Israel. <laughs> who think it <laughs> but he's moving in Israel and um, we support uh, one, of, one of the ministries in Israel a guy called Israel Pokta who, who is very much of an evangelist and he reaches out to a lot of Holocaust victims and a lot of people in, his, in Israel and he holds big campaigns and he invites a guy called Sid Roth who some of you may have heard of over and they hold these campaigns and hundreds of Jews are getting born again in the good sorry goodness I haven't actually got it with me so I can't but uh, it was basically about God visiting this land and fires being lit up and down down the nation and, but also us being used as a nation again to reach out into Europe you can actually Google it, yeah. 
Yeah, it's an amazing prophecy. Actually, it's it's worth it's worth reading. There he is. Um, I was actually um, not this last week, but the week before. I felt like I was going through a, a bit of a battering, um, and I knew it was knew it was the enemy because it's his usual tactics, like saying, "Has God really said?" Are you really sure? Do you know what he's going to do? Are you really sure that he's going <laughs> to do what he says he's going to do? And you get all that stuff coming at you, and some, sometimes it can can get a bit, a bit overwhelming, especially when you're on the trustees and you think, oh. but you know. So I I had a bit of a battering, and um, just at the beginning of this last last week, I was, and I were listening to a talk by Banning Liebscher as some of you have heard of from Bethel and uh, he j- just in the course of his talk he just mentioned that when the storm came Jesus was asleep in the boat I thought oh <laughs> that really hit me <laughs> I'd never, I, I hadn't really thought much about that but Jesus was asleep in the boat in the midst of the storm because he knew that he was going somewhere the storm couldn't stop him from achieving what he wanted to achieve and go where he wanted to go and he was desperately trying to teach his disciples to walk in faith and they kept getting it wrong so he had to keep teaching them over and over and over again and this was one of those moments where he was trying to teach them faith as Bill Johnson would say the storm was actually illegal in the spirit it was illegal and it was trying to stop the disciples from doing what Jesus said like when, when Jesus said to them go to the other side he meant go to, go to the other side and if a storm came tough because the storm would not stop you if you had the faith it couldn't stop you because it was illegal it was coming against what Jesus said the Bible says to us doesn't it that his word will not return void it will accomplish everything that it was sent for now either that's truth or it's not and if that's truth then everything that it was sent for will happen and if Jesus has said to us do this it's going to happen and nothing the enemy can send against it can stop it because it's illegal right you get that yeah and you know sometimes you won't always get things right and sometimes there may be a pain barrier to go through because this walk of faith is not an easy walk and sometimes it's, you know, we experience the difficulty when we're trying to walk by faith, as we're trying to do here. And it's not an easy job to do that because things will come against us and test us. But if God says it, it's going to happen. Come on, Lord.
you know, I really know more, I feel more and more and more and more now that revival is on its way. And it's probably going to be one of the biggest outpourings that we've ever known. And when it comes, it's even going to eclipse Azusa Street. And there's that prophecy, wasn't there, from Azusa Street that says in about a hundred years' time it will happen again. And it will happen bigger and it will go all over the world. It won't be just in one place. It will be everywhere. And that's overdue, actually. Because we're more than a hundred years since Azusa Street. And there were incredible miracles weren't there, in Azusa Street. Incredible things that, that happened. I, I always remember that story um, of the guy that came in that had had his arm severed right up from the shoulder and he had no arm at all and they just gathered round him and laid hands on him and they just watched his arm grow in front of their eyes all the way down and his hand came and his fingers came and his nails on his fingers and they just they just, he just they just watched him watched it happen and within moments it, he got a new arm just amazing isn't it that's the sort of thing that used to happen at Azusa Street I can see it happening again because God, God doesn't change he's the same yesterday today and forever isn't he there's, there's been lots of prophetic words around and um some of us follow some of them on emails and internet and uh, some of them are, are, are quite interesting words and um, it's, it's good sometimes just to remind ourselves about what these guys are actually saying because one thing that, that I note from the guys that, that I listen to, they're all saying pretty much the same thing that this is an incredible time that we're in it's a time of change. We're in a new season, and it's going to be a season where things happen quicker, bigger than ever before. Um, and uh, one of the ones that we love to listen to is a lady, an Australian lady called Lana Vorsa, and uh, she wrote, "Many that have continued to embrace the fire." and the process of the Lord are about to find themselves in places of significant promotion and increased responsibility and influence for the Lord. There are new assignments that the Lord has been releasing all year, but they are now increasing significantly in their quantity, their provision and their manifestation. She also wrote that there is a mighty battle taking place right now. And yeah, I mean, you just have to look around you, don't you? There's <laughs> just an incredible battle going on everywhere. And that's what's going on in, this, in the flesh is the manifestation of what's happening in the spirit. Because all the battles and all the contention and all the stuff that you see out there is just a manifestation of the things that are going on in the spirit realm. Um, I pick up on one or two others. Um, 
because we are moving into the time of seeing the greatest move of the Spirit of God amongst the nations like we've ever seen, during the US elections the Lord spoke to me that there was a domino effect being released in the nations where there would be breakthrough upon breakthrough in the nations as God's people stand and pray and decree. Um, one of the guys that uh, when we went to Australia in December we went to a church called, called Jubilee Church and one of the guys that was there that first weekend we were there was a, one of the uh, members of the Australian prophetic forum and uh, it was quite interesting sitting there listening to him because we actually went morning and evening because he was just an inter interesting guy and uh, he said there's a, I, um, one of the visions he had he, he, I watched first the rubies then the diamonds as they flooded the sky and they became bound together as if being married or blended and fused by a divine jeweller they became pink diamonds and they began to rain down onto the earth and I watched as they appeared from this height as though they were coating homes all around the world with pink dust and as soon as I heard and saw the hailing gemstones and pink diamonds touch the homes, I could hear the sound of them landing like the patter of big fat raindrops landing on the roof. And as I inclined my ear further, the sound actually started to resemble someone knocking at a door. The words gives to all liberally were quickened to my spirit and as they were I looked over to see the Lord standing watching me. He smiled as he said Wisdom and clarity are knocking at the door, Darrell. Can you hear them knocking? I answered immediately Well, yes Lord, I can hear them but how do I let them in? He looked at me smiling again and said Just say yes, Darrell. <laughs> And sometimes that's all we have to do. Just say yes. Whatever it feels like. Whatever you hear him saying, just say yes. Just say yes. Ooh. Sean Boltz said, um, God is saying that in 2017... He has giant leaps for his children to make. Giant leaps in their destinies, in their businesses, in their finances, in their ministries and in their relationships. Not little leaps, not mediocre leaps, definitely not safe leaps, but giant leaps forward. And those giant leaps will happen as corresponding small steps are taken. So sometimes we do need to do this, to just small steps of obedience. And as we take the small step of obedience, God will magnify it. Okay. We're on this journey. One of the things that I've been really feeling is that I'm, well... I am desperate for a breakthrough in healing. 
because we've had this promise of healing well. And I'm not seeing what I want to see yet. <laughs> One of the things that really struck me, because I, I um, have been through uh, a time looking at the Gospels and just going through all the Gospels and looking at all the times that Jesus healed, it was just immediate all the time. Whenever he healed, he it immediately and sometimes people ask what's the difference between a miracle and a healing and we get all sort of bogged down in, in our experience instead of what the Bible says and we've said things like well miracles are Im- immediate and healings take a bit longer because that's what we've experienced but that's not what the Bible says and one of the things that Bill Johnson said a little while ago was was that because basically, I mean, he um, is well, probably one of the leading guys in the world today with the healing ministry. I mean, he sees incredible healings. Bethel seems just amazing healings all the time. Um, but he said one of the things that is really on my heart is that one day I'll do it like Jesus did. That's what I want to see. Just like Jesus did. But we're at the minute we're on this journey, aren't we? Sometimes we just need to be a little bit more aggressive and not so laid back in our approach to these things. and certainly in combating the enemy's stuff. That uh, well-known verse in Matthew 11, verse 12, it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. We've used that quite a lot in the church, generally, in the past. But there's a key to understanding that. And it's found in an old rabbinic midrash. A midrash is um, basically a, a Jewish commentary and interpretation of the Torah. Um, and it's recorded in Micah 2, verses 12 and 13. And it says this, I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They will make a loud noise because of so many people. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate and go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. What this, this is set against the picture of a shepherd leading his sheep through the pastures and when night falls he builds a pen out of rocks to pen his sheep in and he herds the sheep into this pen for the night and they're all bunched up in this pen and they lie there and sit there all night long and then in the mor- when morning comes he breaks the pen open 
and the sheep, they just rush out and just they just push and push and push for freedom. And this is what it's about. It's about pushing for freedom and not just sitting back and thinking, oh, well, I was here for the night, I may as well stay. It's actually pushing out and it's being a bit more violent, a bit more strong and pushing through. And sometimes we need to be like this. We need to be like these sheep who've been penned up all night and want to rush to break out into freedom. James 4 verse 1 says, Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm going to go out of my comfort zone a bit now. Because... <laughs> Last week, some of us went up to Shaftesbury, and um, and uh, at the end of the meeting, we had a fire tunnel, as we as we, as we do. And um, after I went through the fire tunnel, it was quite a, quite a powerful fire tunnel actually. <laughs> and uh, as I was on the floor at the end of it, um, a lady that that we knew came up to me, and she said. Well, she started to prophesy of me, but one, one of the things that she said was, it's time for the lion to roar again. She couldn't possibly have known what that meant to me. <laughs> because, <laughs> as some of you know, years ago, I had to do that. In a conference in France, I had to literally roar over the congregation it was a bit embarrassing and it was a bit <laughs> totally out of my comfort zone but I knew that was good and I kind of put the word that she said on the shelf a bit and then in the middle of this week it's like the Holy Spirit sort of took it up again and said it's time for the lion to roar again. And he wants to roar over sickness, and disease, and pain, and fear, and depression, and lack, and hopelessness, and everything else that the enemy slings at us. He wants to roar! <laughs> Sorry. He wants to roar like a lion again. <laughs> So, oh, come on, Holy Spirit. Roar over your people again. Come on. If you've got sickness in your body, if you've got pain, let the lion roar again. Come on, roar. Holy Spirit, over your people. Just break off sickness, break off disease, break off pain, break off lack. In the name of Jesus. All hopelessness must go in the name of Jesus. Fear must go in the name of Jesus. Depression must go in the name of Jesus. And if you've got anything like that, why don't